Coffee, you have been condemned to die in the electric chair by a jury of your peers. He kill them with their love. That's how it is every day, all over the world. Hey everyone, Chandler Patterson here. Welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin our content, I wanted to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Okay. All right. Are we we live? Are we recording? We're recording. Hey, it's right. a very special episode. It is. It's October of Spook- 2023. Spooky, spooky season. Spooky season. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing a scary movie, but not yet. Maybe soon. Yeah. Um, we are gonna do a movie though. We're we're gonna talk about yep. a movie today. It's a movie episode, guys. Yeah, and it's a good one. It's a very and good uh, one. just to to start a reminder. If this yeah. is your first time with us joining us for one of the movie episodes. Brief uh, reminder. Yeah. Why Why do we care about stories so much, and why Why specifically movies? So we, t- Chan and I talk about this all the time. Yeah, second uh, nature. Yeah, one of our favorite verses is out of Revelation 12, yeah. verse 11, where uh, in John's Revelation, he says they, they conquered the enemy mm. by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And it's just this nod to the power of telling your story, telling the story of the works of God and what he's done. Mm. And... To get in the habit of being good story consumers and storytellers, yeah, uh, we do it all the time. We love anything with a story, TV shows, movies, books, video games, all that stuff. But we do think movies have a really unique way of bringing a community to- together or a crowd, yeah. and people can enjoy <clears throat> and uh, consume these stories in a, a togetherness. Yeah. There's a collective experience. Really, really special. We talk about that a lot of just it feeling more unifying. Because when you read books, or I mean, you can have book club and all that, sure. but like you play video games online, that yeah. type of thing. But when there's a community together, it, if it be in the theater or mm-hmm. at someone's house, like there's a moment where you're all just checked in yeah. to what's happening on screen. And it's like uh, with, with books and video games and all that stuff, those are designed to be played alone. Yeah. And doing them together is like something you add to it. Right. Movies are, you can watch them alone, but they're designed to be watched together mm-hmm. and to experience something together. Which is why the theater is such a big deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's we love it. Long so, live it. so beautiful and wonderful. We love to say that, too. Like, we want the theater just to be around forever, yeah. like, no matter what. Like, yeah. it's just one of those things. And, hey, if you're listening and maybe movies aren't your thing, uh, change your mind. Yeah. Because movies are amazing. And uh, go to the theater and just enjoy it. Two words. Fix it. <laughs> Fix it, repent, turn it around. Yeah, make it right. Yeah, so the movie that we are going to talk about yeah, this time we, is what? Jim? We're alluding to it uh, in the intro, man. Oh, if, yeah. if you could pick up on what some of those quotes were in the beginning, mm. uh, I'm proud of you. Yeah, good, good job, guys. Uh, but the movie we're talking about is uh, The Green Mile, mm. uh, based on a Stephen King novel, uh, but Frank Darapont um, turned it into a movie in uh, 1999. 
and again, like we we talked about this before, we we talked about uh, Saving Private Ryan, uh, and you know the lead cover of this movie. You see it on the main theatrical poster is Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, what a heyday with was Saving Private Ryan, and then yeah. the Green Mile. I mean, it was just Forrest like, Gump was Forrest around Gump, that time yep. too, and then yeah. he had like Catch Me If You Can, like those those mm-hmm. fun movies too. But incredible, um, really really great uh, track record there. But um, the Green Mile is a selection for today, and uh, it's. A three-hour movie. It's kind of intimidating, but I will say that it it goes by very fast. Yeah, and you kind of um, wanted to keep going, especially yeah, by it's the end when the, you're oh man, your heartstrings are getting played yeah. like crazy. The world you're living in is very very unique, mm-hmm. and the the period piece is nice. But um, if you've missed any previous episodes on these types of discussions uh, on faith and film, uh, they're usually led by Johnny and myself. Um, but, but before we begin. Uh, if you haven't seen this, and it, you know, right before the new millennium, so if you know you're of the uh, generation that Z. doesn't fall under yeah. the millennial <laughs> or boomer, you might have missed this one, yep. and uh, we would encourage you to go back and watch it uh, before yeah. you listen to this episode because we're going to talk about a lot of the intricate details that happen in this movie, how some of those details tie in with scripture and the gospel, and really the ministry of Jesus. So yeah, and just don't, to just a little heads up, yeah. Uh, if you are like, oh, I should pause the episode right now and go watch it. Yeah. Uh, content warning a little bit. Right. It is rated R. Um, is mostly this the first R rated movie we've done. No, I, we don't Saving Private Ryan. No, wait, we didn't we, do that. We didn't one. do Saving Private Ryan. We did Castaway. We did Warrior. Dude, Castaway. That's the other movie he was in. Oh yeah. Good yeah. grief. <clears throat> so this great, first. What a great era. Yeah, first R rated movie. But yeah, we've this done. one this one has a little bit uh, heavier content yes. than normal. So be warned. There's a lot of language. Yep. Um, it's really rough. Uh, so be be uh, warned. Yeah. Be careful time. going yep. into it. Um, this isn't for the family. Not really. This movie. No. Yeah. And we'll talk about that more at the yeah. end too. <clears throat> um, but as always, like we love talking about like those first viewing experiences uh, and, and what it was like uh, watching this for the first time. Um, do you remember? I for, do. For your, for I yourself? think I do. Um, so I believe the first time I saw this movie, I rented it from the library when Ooh. Mandy and I were uh, first married. Wow. We were living in Columbia, and if you've ever been to the Columbia Library, it's like three stories. It's and just overwhelming. Really nice. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And they have an entire <clears throat> section where you can check out video games, movies, and CDs for music and stuff. It was awesome. And we didn't have internet or cable. Uh, I just gotten my first cell phone, yeah, and so uh, I rented the Green Mile, Gosh. and I knew from the content I was like, Mandy probably wouldn't enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. So I watched it by myself one afternoon, and uh, at the end of three hours, I was crying very oh, hard, yeah, and uh, kind of had a moment with the Lord where I was mm-hmm. like, Man, I've never felt, you know, the ministry of Jesus and His crucifixion and stuff as much as I did after watching this movie. Right. It was so so good. Yeah, um, for me personally. Uh, we had been surrounded by those longer movies, like Titanic came out in 1997, yeah. and there's a couple more movies that we had watched around the same time frame, like Pearl Harbor, which wasn't a great movie, but it was a longer movie. Was it really? Does that, does that have a long run time? Yeah, it's about the three-hour mark, I remember too. seeing that in theaters. Yeah, my dad took me to see that yeah. one. We were both kind of like, the Pearl Harbor scene was great, but yeah. everything else was Snooze pretty much fest. garbage. <laughs> um, but uh, we rented this, and it wasn't from a library. It was from... A special place called Blockbuster. Blockbuster Home Video. R.I.P. R.I.P. There's still one left, technically, in Oregon, what but it's great, very... Great oh, man, memories, man. Going to Blockbuster on yeah. a Friday night. You can feel it. Getting like, some you candy. Know that, that aroma, the popcorn, the candy. Oh, 
the shelving, all the movies. We're getting old, dude. We're like, we remember are. the good old days when you could I rent movies? <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but here and I am. You know Netflix is opening up physical stores. Oh, good grief. Isn't that interesting? Sign me up. Yeah. Very fast. If you have a subscription, you automatically get in. Uh, one could hope. I mean, that that might be the case. That might be. Yeah. Um, but we did rent it from Blockbuster, and that was back then when it was before the DVD age and the Blu-ray age, and now the 4K, Blu-ray, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was VHS. It was on tape. And wow. you had to rent the VHS, uh, and it came with two VHS tapes because the movie's so oh, long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hour and a half uh, on each, I Yeah, guess. so it yeah. splits it up on, on two tapes. Um and I remember the first time I watched it, like I said earlier, like the three hours went by very fast. Yeah. And I remember being heavily invested in what was going on. So you were younger. I was younger, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, my dad had investigated a little bit of the content. He didn't do it all the time, and he'll yeah. probably tell you that. He's like, we just, whatever. We watched it. Um, but I remember watching it and and not necessarily fully connecting the dots at that age, uh, what it was communicating, the but I was just of it, so yeah. invested in yeah. the story because the characters were so compelling. The acting was great. Um, well, I mean, yeah, apart from seeing it through a gospel lens, it's just it's an just incredible great, movie. Yeah, it's it's so well made. Movie. And like, <clears throat> yeah, Christians and non-Christians alike have watched this movie and yeah. were, were moved to their core. Right. Like, this means something. And it's, it's paired with um, the effectiveness, and you could debate this all day long, but the effectiveness of how Shawshank Redemption was before mm-hmm. because it came out first. Same director. Also Frank Darabont. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> Centered on you know, prison and things happening within the context of right, that. Right, yeah. Um, but this was like the piggyback off of Shawshank in the best way. Like it what it didn't feel like a, a mimic oh, yeah. or a cheap imitation. Like yeah. it was its own thing. It was and same. Uh, when, what uh, era was Shawshank in? That was 40s and 50s, Yeah, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah it was earlier Which on. Green Mile's the same. So it's yep. like same era, same yep. vibe of like a prison movie. Yeah. But totally different oh, absolutely. in every way. You, you get those movies every now and then where you see, yeah. like, okay, these are, these are like twin movies, yeah. but they're not really. Not it's like It was yeah. like Deep Impact and Armageddon yeah. came out at the same time. But these two, <laughs> oh, yeah. there was a little bit of a gap, um, but they're very, very different. Mm-hmm. And personally, if I'm going to pick one right now to watch, mainly because I think it challenged me a lot even back mm-hmm. then, but today I would pick Green Mile. Me too. Um, I think Shawshank... That's a hot has, take. I, it if, is a hot if take. If you guys are offended, we apologize. Yeah. Shawshank's an incredible Shawshank's movie. incredible. It's incredible. one of the best. Uh, but it is, it's very crowd-pleasing in its nature, mm-hmm. whereas The Green Mile, I think it challenges you in a lot of ways yeah. on a deeper level yeah. in Christianity specifically. Uh-huh. Um, so you yeah. you kind of walk away... Like Shawshank, you walk away feeling fulfilled. Like yeah, he got it's a what great he ending. There's redemption. Absolutely, it's in the title. It's and you're in like, the this title. Is beautiful. And yeah. Green Mile leaves you with this like heaviness of contemplating your life. Yeah, yeah. It and does. I'm sure, like I, you know, I didn't get to see it in theaters, but I'm sure people left the theater like, yeah, whoa. Like, yeah. It <laughs> sparked a lot of conversations. Spark. Sparked. That's what <laughs> that was Sparky. on purpose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was my first viewing. I remember being heavily impacted by it, and even today, like I'll make I'm a nerd, you know, I make movie yeah. lists, top movie lists. It's easily easily up there with yeah, one of my same favorite year. Movies. And fun fact, I, I before we started recording, I told Chandler this, but uh, I just found out a little trivia about this that mm. Frank Darabont actually wanted Tom Hanks yeah. to play uh, Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption, mm. and he couldn't because he was filming Forrest Gump. And so as a favor to Frank... Ever heard of First Forrest Gump? <laughs> Ever Oscar heard of that winning? one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He probably made the right choice. On yeah, that. he got the Oscar for but that. But yeah, as a favor to Frank Darabont, Tom Hanks took the role of this movie, and I don't see it being anyone else. No, like it was, no. It was perfect. I, I love that mentality, too. Like, it, whoever gets a role, not, and not always, but yeah. like, 
you're, you look back and you're like, man, I'm so glad it wasn't anybody yeah, else yeah. but that but that actor. Yeah. Occasionally, you'll see a movie and you're like, wish this work. was someone else. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't <laughs> yeah, really work. That didn't work too well. Um, but we've kind of alluded to it. So why uh, why the Green Mile specifically? Yeah. So um, you know, if you guys have listened before, we love. I mean, this is kind of what we do. We want yeah. to find the gospel and everything and watch watch movies and TV shows and read books and all that through a gospel lens. Right. And sometimes, every so often, you come across a form of media or a movie that is just low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. It is like so over-home plate. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I like it, too, movie. because it's, you know, when you watch anything or consume anything, it's you, there's intent behind yeah. it. There's purposeful consumption. Yeah. And that's... That's the motive behind yeah. this podcast too, is like or these episodes is because we want to give some motive to watching and to yeah. consuming because anybody could just mindlessly yeah. filter don't, through don't stuff. Don't be passive yeah. in your <clears throat> you know, enjoying things in life. Like yeah. well, I have a whole thing that I can talk about <laughs> that. Like that's another use, episode. Use the things that God has created to yeah. channel it back to him and yeah. find it as a way to worship him. Exactly. I think that's incredible. But yeah, if you Google what is Green Mile about or what yeah. does it mean, you will find uh very clearly so from things. not even Christian things. It's that this is a movie about a Christ figure yeah. uh, who is messianic in his nature yep. and prophetic and has healing powers and all this stuff. Like it's <clears throat> it's very clear that this is kind of a metaphor about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we had to talk about this. Yeah, one. it's a uh, I, I wrote down it's it's more of a uh, it's a representation of uh, true freedom mm-hmm. and healing, um, and the uh, the darkness of the heart is very prominent. Obviously, Wild in our man. fallen world, yeah. <laughs> and in the Green Mile, it calls all that into question uh, while putting a Christ figure, like you mentioned, on mm-hmm. death row with others who are imprisoned for various reasons. Yeah, um, there is a problem initially when we start this movie, and you uh, you hear it right away, and the opening sequence just sends chills down my spine Dude. Uh, every time. You get very. I little forgot detail. about that. <clears throat> I forgot yeah. about that as the opening sequence. Yeah. This like slow mo. Yep. There's, I think there's just strings kind mm-hmm. of playing and building. Yep. And you see this crowd of people mm-hmm. uh, chasing through a field. Yeah, they're and you don't know what they're rifles. You don't. You don't know what they're running towards. Yep, <clears throat> they all look angry. Yep, um, and you come to realize uh, that they have found a man, right. who they believed had uh, murdered two little girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so that you don't get much of of detail. You just see them running. And then uh, you hear that infamous line from Sam Rockwell's character that you meet later on. You know, he mm. says it, and it's just so spooky. It's so chilling. Um, yeah. But so you hear like a little bit of people yelling the two girls' names, mm-hmm. and then you hear that line. You love your sister. You make it in the hospital. It happens. Uh, so right out of the gate, we get a visual cue on what the problem is. Two girls have gone missing, and then we flash forward to present day uh, to a retired community where one man awakes from what the audience believes to be a nightmare in the moment, but in reality it was a it was a core memory and yep. a piece of that Christ figure left behind. Yeah. And so um the other part of the problem that we are revealed to is the <clears throat> setting. Like we're yeah. we're revealed the setting of the entire movie it's, is the Green Mile. Row. And what that means that they call it that because uh it's a death row ward yep. where all the prisoners there are awaiting their execution. Mm-hmm. And it's this single hallway yeah. That they call the long mile mm-hmm. uh, because it's like, it's not literally a mile, but it, the walk to the execution chair feels so yeah. long. It's your last and there's walk. green tile on the ground. So they call it the green mile. Mm-hmm. And the setting itself is kind of a it character. It feels like a character for sure. Where it's like, um, 
this is determining the feel and the flavor of everything going on mm-hmm. is that everyone here is either awaiting their own death or yeah. awaiting the day where they have to pull the switch right. and kill someone. It's a longing too for uh that new new creation. Yeah. Because I think I think too when when Paul Tom Hanks's character is talking about the Green Mile, he's saying like it's it's pretty dated. Like yeah. the floors are green. Yeah. But it's one of the few, you know, wards that have that green floor because yeah. it's dated. Because it's left over and, and it's old. So you're you're longing for like that hope even in that moment. It's like yeah. this this feels old. We it's need, set in olden times, but we need new yeah. life breathed into this ward. So that's yeah. another thing. And too. like everyone everyone there, everyone in the movie, including the audience, yeah. as you're watching it, is put face to face with the the presentness of death. Mm-hmm. Like it's like right there. Oh yeah. And so you know, I think we ideally talk about how we would love to live our lives in a way that we think today's the last day and I'm going to make it count, you know, carpe diem. Yeah. And in this movie, it's like every character can't help but be reminded that all the time. They're put face to face with the presentness of death right. all the time. And There's so, this Reaper vibe too, like <clears throat> with these guys that are in the ward and in, in on the mile, like they, they, they feel it coming and it almost feels like Green Reaper-esque. But what's so great about it too is that the guys, most of them, because we learned yeah. that there's a couple of them that are oh, tool yeah. bags, um, but the guys on death row are seemingly like they almost feel like counselors in a mm-hmm. way. Like they are yeah. responsible for them, but they feel like counselors because they allow them to like, you know, hash out anything they yeah. want to talk about. You know, present last meal opportunities yep. but in a really kind way. And their goal is to <clears throat> keep the prisoners calm. Yep, calmness. And so you know, there's there's some prisoners that um, have kind of lost their minds. Yeah, and they're not you know, entirely there. There's other prisoners who know exactly what's going on. Right. And so the the guards kind of meet each prisoner where they are. Yeah. Um, but the problem that we're set up with is this giant man yeah. comes in to the story. His yeah. name is John Coffey. JC. And uh, yeah, his initials are literally <laughs> JC. It's so perfect. And uh, it seems like we got the guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. that... You know, the the crowd that's running through the field at the beginning of the movie, it seems like they found the guy that yeah. killed these two girls. Right. And he's put in there. And you kind of right away, when you, you're starting to get to know him, you're like, he Thumbs doesn't up. seem like a murderer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're eventually shown this scene where when he was caught, he's weeping over the bodies of these two little girls. Yeah. And he's saying, I tried to help him. I tried to help him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop it. Yeah. And I couldn't help them. Mm-hmm. And... uh you start to get this hint that I think this guy's innocent. Right. And so there's an innocent man mm-hmm. who is trying to help these two girls. Um, and you feel a little bit of racial tension too. It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, early South and oh, yeah. black, uh, there's a black man on death row and a bunch of white people who found him. And right. it's just, you just feel this tension. Oh, yeah. And uh, you you kind of conclude there's an innocent man on death row. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about this? Yeah. Where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, there's so many signs too that point to him being that Christ figure too. Mm-hmm. Uh, his initials being JC, the JC yeah. thing, um, and the wrongfully given death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some prophetic moments, which yeah, you, I mean you tap into that, man. You, you when love they that. first bring Wild Bill in, yep, and he says careful. careful. Oh yeah, he like tells the guard, hey, yeah, careful, because yeah. I know who this guy is. Right, right, right. He's got yeah. a connection there. And there's a couple other moments too where they're 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 figuring out what John Coffey is capable of, mm-hmm. uh, and you learn that he has some healing capabilities. Yeah, um, literally, actually can, can heal you. Yes. So yeah, the one of the main characters, the other main character, Tom Hanks's character, yeah. uh, Paul 
Paul uh, Edgecombe. Edgecombe. Paul Edgecombe yeah, yep. Paul Edgecombe. <clears throat> he has a UTI. Which isn't the greatest of things to yeah, have. Yeah, especially back in the 40s. Yep. Uh, medicine wasn't what it is today, folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see time and time again in these multiple scenes, he's in excruciating pain. Oh, he yeah. tries to use the bathroom oh, or man. anything like that. It wakes him up he's in the middle like of the night. He's like sweating and he's in pain and all yep. stuff. And his wife keeps going, when are you going to go to the doctor? And he's yeah. like, ah, you know what? He's just going to tell me, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I, I just need to write it out and everything's going to be fine. the line he says when he's... He's at. They're asking him, like, "You good? Like, is he trying to go to the bathroom?" He's like, "It's like peeing razor blades." Yeah, I'm like, like, oh my gosh, it's tough. Blades. It's terrible. Ow. And so you're like, "It's kind of funny, but you also feel terrible oh, for dude. him." And he's he's just in excruciating pain. And yeah. there comes this scene. Oh yeah, where John Coffee, this giant man, like the drink, and <laughs> like only the drink, not only the not spelled the same. Yeah, he reaches through the bars and grabs Tom Hanks's yeah. character and pulls him close. And you think, "Oh he's no, gonna he's him. like going to kill yeah, this yeah. guy," and he like touches him. Yep, and you can see in Tom Hanks's character's face something's happening to yeah, my body, right? And he feels the sickness and the infection leave his body. Yeah. And that night he's relieved and it's awesome. Yeah. And he can tell this man has something's up. Literal miraculous healing right. powers. I love too in those moments where he's actually healing because everybody else in that's around, like John, John's very strategic about it because mm-hmm. they could easily like uh, rush him and get him off of him. Yeah. But they do it. He does it where the rest of the yards have to go and take care of something else. Right, yeah. Uh, and also, like, in the healing moments, there's this luminous effect with lighting. Yeah, yeah. And it's just overwhelming the mile. Like, yeah, the all the light shatter, bulbs, like, like, they, like, intensify. so bright that they burst. Yeah. And his his oh, expelling of, of the sickness, too, is really yeah. unique. Yeah, so he takes, the way he heals <clears throat> yeah. um, in the movie is he takes the sickness or the evil, yeah. or the darkness into his own body mm-hmm. and expels it. They look like flies yeah, it's or like ca- yeah, gnats. Yeah, it's like gnats. And they, they kind of like pour out of his mouth and they dissipate. Turn to ash, yeah. And you can tell <clears throat> on his face, John Coffey, that it like causes him pain. Yeah. Like he has to sacrifice his own comfort and stuff for them and he takes it into himself. Right. And already you're like, ha! Ah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like the Lord. Just pointing to Jesus. Yeah. Um, what I love too about his character is that he never wants... Is is saying that he's innocent because yeah. he, you know he's aware that he. I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't yeah, do it. Like, he he knows, didn't kill the girls. He, he knows, knows he's but he never says those words. Yeah. So th- there's this humility piece that he's mm-hmm. bringing to the table. There's a prophetic piece, and yeah. then there's an actual physical healing component to what's going on. Yeah, and that I mean that's <clears throat> exactly like Christ when yeah. he's brought before the crowds and before Pontius Pilate. Yeah, he never like a never lamb led to mouth. the slaughter. Yeah. He's silent before yeah. his accusers, mm-hmm. and he never once because he knows. Yeah, he knows he has this special knowledge right. about what his role is. Yeah. And, you know, John Coffey's like that, too. He's almost yeah. like, I know who I am. Yeah. I know what I have to do. And Tom Hanks's character, too, is a lot like Pilate. Uh-huh. In yeah. a way, he's like, what am I supposed to do in this scenario? Because once you <laughs> yeah. find out that John Coffey's innocent, he's just like, I I, yeah. have, I have to do something about this. Yeah, I'm so... Like, I'm innocent of this. That's the uh, another <clears throat> problem that's set up, and it's not even till almost the end of the movie. Yeah, later on. For Paul uh, Paul's character is that John Coffey takes his hand and says, mm-hmm. I want to show you what happened. Yeah. And what's revealed is that Wild Bill, this Sam Rockwell. embodiment of evil. the devil himself yeah, yeah. He's in, just evil. in the Green Mile. The character you love to hate. Yeah, he's that. Well, actually a couple Wild. of those movies. Percy, Percy and, and Wild Bill. Uh, yeah. That are awful people. Yeah. <clears throat> but he takes Paul's hand and gives him a vision mm-hmm. of what actually happened. Right. And because when uh, John Coffey's like walking out at one point, mm-hmm. Wild Bill grabs him. Yeah. And he can feel. Oh yeah, he gets Sees a vision of what Bill did. <clears throat> yep. And he was the murderer of the two girls. Right. 
And that's he, a big reveal. He was happy about it and celebrative. <clears throat> it's like, look what I did. And he's yep. just this evil, evil person. Mm-hmm. And so John takes Paul's hand and shows him that vision of like, let me show you what happened. Yeah. And so Paul concludes he's truly innocent. because yeah, I saw it. And I, I know the truth, right? but I can't prove it. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> there's that line near yeah. the end where he's talking to his wife, and he says, I've done a lot of things in my life that I regret, but this is the closest I've ever come to feeling scared yeah. and the danger of hell. Right. Because I know I'm about to pull the switch yeah. on an innocent man. Right. What do I do? Golly. And I think I think Pilate was <clears throat> like that. Like, yeah. He was like, what? <clears throat> Why do you want me to crucify him? What has this man done? Right. Like, you can't prove anything. Mm-hmm. He knows, like, he's innocent. Right. But he has to give the crowd what they want. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they'll turn on him. Yeah. Um, and I thought of this, too, just when we were thinking about it after we get done watching it this time around. Um, there's a two thieves moment, like crucified with Jesus connection. Oh, yeah. Because uh, there's another inmate uh, who's on death row, and he says, seemingly... Good not, man. Not... Totally in the same line with John Coffey, but you 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 get the picture that he's a good man. Yeah, he just got caught in the wrong scenario, yeah. kind of thing. And so, in when I was thinking about it, um, the characters of Bill, Wild oh, Bill, right. who was just like I never thought of that. Yeah, like Bill is like the embodiment of evil. He's, yeah, he's the one on the on the other cross saying that making mockery Reviling of Jesus, like, come down. And stuff. Yeah, and the other one's like remember me. Yeah, and because Edward when Edward. Delacroix or whatever yeah, Delacroix. His name is. Delacroix. <clears throat> Edward yeah. well, Delacroix. When yeah. he's on the chair and they say, Do you have any final words before we pull the switch? Yep. And he says, I'm truly sorry for what I've done. Yeah. I'd give anything to take it I'd back. I'd give anything to take it back. Yep. So there's a there's a two thieves wow. moment connection with Bill being I never the, saw that. the, the thief that's, you know, reviling. And then the other one is remember me, Lord. Yeah. Um so that's a really cool gospel. So connection where where's moment. the redemption? For me, um, uh it's multi-layered. Yeah, obviously. yeah for There's sure. so many because so many characters find yep. their redemption. Um, yeah, but I I think <clears throat> the most beautiful one mm-hmm. is John Coffey enduring, giving his life. Yeah, because um, I mean he's huge. It's fascinating. He could yeah. easily overtake these guards and yeah. run away because <clears throat> he knows yep. he's innocent. But he he willingly gives his life. Mm-hmm. And in that final scene, when he's on the chair, yeah. And they're about to throw the switch and execute him. The family of the murdered girls are there. Yeah. And they're saying, I hope you kill him twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, make it hurt. Mm-hmm. And they're crying and they're angry and zero forgiveness, zero possibility of them of being wrong. Yeah. And John doesn't and say anything. John John says to the guards, like, there's a lot of people in this room that hate me. Right. And But the guards have changed their mind about him. Mm-hmm. And they grab his arm so they that he can feel what they're feeling. Yeah. He says, yeah, but do you feel how we feel towards you? We don't hate you. We don't hate you. Yeah. You're with Gosh, us, and they like so they tough. walk with him to the end. <clears throat> yep, and that long uh, mile. It's this like redemption of, in a way, they all slowly become to believe in miraculous divine right. things. Yep, and they become converts mm-hmm. to like what John can do, and and the reason Paul was so scared of the danger of hell is because mm-hmm. he's he says that one time, I don't see God giving a guilty man a gift like that. Yeah, like, there's no way. Yeah, you know he says it too, like when he's having the conversation with John about the reveal that he didn't kill the girls. Um, he asks him, he's like, "Do you want me to let you go just yeah. to see how far you could get?" And he's like, "When I stand before God, when I meet my judgment, yeah." And when he asks me, "Why did I kill one of his, you know, miracles? What am I going to say?" It was my job. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, and then John Coffey says, "You tell God the Father that it was out of the kindness of your heart that you yeah. he did this." And what a it was a gift. what a thing to say. You gave and me a gift on death row. Like this is a gift life. of killing me. Yeah, and that's that's another redemptive 
arc and like gospel takeaway is that there's a there's a heaven piece in mm-hmm. this in this movie because we are not always you know just dovetailed into death row like we go other places right and we learn different things but there's a longing for relief, relief. Yeah. yeah like there's a longing for it out yeah, of yeah. Here. wrap like, it up lord yeah let's just get this done yeah but not not that we're morbid in it but it's it's that like longing for home yeah you can't look at the evil and pain of the world mm-hmm. for too long before you're just like yep man lord when are you come, come back. back like can you <laughs> wrap this up but even like yeah. you know like scripture says for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross yeah and it wasn't <clears throat> while it was painful and it was the most grievous moment in the history of the world. Yeah. It was because of joy that Jesus did mm-hmm. it. He was like, I know what this is gonna do and what this right. is gonna provide. And uh, you know, that moment right when he's on the chair and Paul comes to shake his hand mm-hmm. before and, the uh, switch. I think yeah. we played the the quote in, in this episode, yeah. but um he says, you know, his love yeah. is what is so present all over the mm-hmm. world. He kills them with their love. Yeah, like it's it's so God's love is so powerful yeah. and overwhelming that it. I mean, when you think about it in a metaphorical gospel way, yeah, we do die with Christ yeah. and are raised with Him again, and so it's like out of love we must we have to die. Yeah, and it's that loving there's Father, this new to the life point of that's coming on the other side. Yeah, that we are craving for. Yeah, and so this movie gives that final moment of redemption where yeah. it's like this new life is possible, and. Uh, Remember when he's like on his way to the chair and he says, "Hey, I fell asleep this afternoon. Oh, I had, had a, a dream. dream." Yeah, and those two girls were there and they were smiling and, and laughing. Mr. Jingles, the the mouse. Yeah, and Edward like, Edward was there yeah. and Mr. Jingles was doing these tricks and we were all laughing. Yeah. I had them on my lap and we were laughing yeah. together. And John Coffey is on his way to die and, and he's, he's laughing about, about like, dream. I can't wait. Yeah, because I think to it's, be reunited. I think that's where I'm going. I'm going yeah. to heaven. Yeah, so beautiful, that's so good. And uh, and we talk about it. We'll talk about it at the end too. But like one of his uh, last moments, uh, is, is consuming something and it's, he wants to watch a movie, but like, it's, it's about, uh, heaven. Like he's, he's, he's watching this old flick where these people are dancing and there's this, there's a tune and you heard it in the beginning of the episode, I'm in heaven. And that's what he's longing for even on his way to death. Mm -hmm. Um, but the main things I think of are that this is just the, one of the best representations of Jesus, uh, being, being the healer, Right. And liberator for the real imprisonment of our time. And that's the fall of man, uh, the sickness of the heart. Um, mm. Sicknesses, you know, normal sicknesses can be cured, but the hatred and intolerance and injustice, all those have a common thread and they lead to death. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, one of the main gospel takeaways here is to cling to grace first, loving others uh, despite their differences. Um, mm-hmm. Kindness, compassion, unity are all ways to bridge the gaps of hatred as we. Uh, who have put our faith in Jesus, we all look forward to heaven and what true peace and everlasting life with the Father will be like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also, <clears throat> I also think, you know, one of the takeaways for me yeah. was, um, you know, I, I tried to put myself in the shoes of the characters mm-hmm. and how easy it would be. I think this was the case for anyone that saw Jesus. Yeah. was like, he's nobody. Like right. he, he's not impressive. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, John Coffey was soft spoken, and it looked like he was a guilty guy. He's a big like, dude. Why would I? That. Why would I listen to him? Why would I pay attention yeah. to him? And to have eyes to see and ears to hear, mm-hmm. and be willing to look at what's going on. And so I looked at these characters where it was like, "Are you going to be bold enough to believe what seems impossible? Yeah, that this man actually is innocent, 
even though it looks like all the evidence is stacked against him. <clears throat> and this man, anger man, moment this right man can actually heal people. Yeah. This is real. This yeah, isn't make-believe. This happen. And so we're, you know, as I was watching the movie, I was like, this is make-believe. This is just a story. But like, this really happened. It's a callback. You yeah. know, we believe a story yeah. of a man who came from an, a podunk town. Yeah. No one had any reason to believe mm-hmm. that he was who he said he was. But there were these small stories that would come out. It's like, no. You know, like I, I think of Peter's mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. You know, that scene in, in Green Mile when John Coffey goes to heal that guy's wife. Yeah. She's stuck in bed. I think of Peter's mother-in-law where Jesus sits on the edge of the bed. Mm-hmm. He takes her hand. The fever immediately leaves her. She's been bedridden for days, and she right. gets up and just starts serving them. Yeah, and they're like, "Wait, what? what? Just <laughs> like, is this real? Yeah. Like, is this really happening?" And what's crazy too is like, you could, they could have any, even in, on you know death row, they could have flipped that to it, you know, blaming it on like evil. Yeah, like because that's what a lot of people were doing. Yeah, Jesus like, you're casting out demons casting by, with, by with demons. the help of demons. Yeah, but they didn't. What it was always this about? positive spin, and they were bold enough to believe. Not all of them, Percy. Refused. Not so much. Yeah. yeah, he hated it. Yeah, Wild Bill. You know these evil people refused yep. to believe, but these other people were willing to believe the miraculous. Yeah, and so I, it was a challenge to me. Is like they're in their everyday life. They're just going to work. Yep, and they're just seeing yet another inmate. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to like see the miraculous in the day to day? Am I willing to have eyes to see that God is at work? He's yeah. doing something incredible that no one else could do. Am I willing to see it? Mm-hmm. And like, actually believe that this is happening, right? And carry that with me, yeah. Because uh, that's I and think let it change about. me. Let it change how I like walk <clears throat> into the new day. Like, yeah. if death really <clears throat> is present at any moment, you know, our days are numbered, yeah. and we could leave this earth at any moment. Mm-hmm. Am I willing to take today and go, Lord, show me the miracle of what you're doing today, yeah. and help me help me see it in the mundane and in the the boring when yeah. I go to work and when I'm with my family? Like, can I actually right. see this? You know, that's what Paul's takeaway too is for his character because when John shows him that wild bill was the murderer he had to give him some of himself and so there's this like uh extension of life mm-hmm. and he takes that message with him mm-hmm. although it's painful in a lot of ways because <clears throat> and because he, he hasn't really shared it you don't really get to you know hints of him sharing that story like it feels like yeah i think he even says it, he's like i haven't talked about this in a long time yeah but he's carrying it with him <clears throat> and in those moments where you know he's getting older uh-huh. and there's this gift of life that he's been given because of knowing who John was yeah. and that whole experience. Oh, man. He's sharing that story with someone with his friend and with nursing his friend. Home, exactly, know? he's telling that story again. Well, she when she's asking him, he's like, "It's a wild story. I know. Do you actually believe me?" And she's like, like, "Well, I don't think you'd lie to me." Yeah, yeah. But she's like, "It's." He said something that when when John touched me, yeah, whatever power was me. inside, he it, it spilled over onto me. And she yeah. said, "You're telling me he infected you with life." Yeah, he's like, and "That's he a said, great word." I think that's a great way to put it. <laughs> and I, I I thought like that's what an encounter with Christ will do. Very contagious. Is that when you're when you're with Jesus, yeah, he infects you with life. Mm-hmm. And like as you know, before Christ, we're these walking corpses. You know, right. we're dead in our sins. Yeah, when you have that life spill over onto you, you're mm. like, what is that? I yeah. want more of that. You know? I love that picture, too, because when he's in the retirement home, he goes on these long walks, and you don't know where he's going, yeah. but you find out later that he's going to visit Mr. Jingles. Oh, Mr. But Jingles. But seeing that like old man in that like seemingly frail state, yeah. he's like energized yeah. by the life that he's been given. Yeah, he can he can still go on these yeah, long walks. And, and no, all, all the nursing home all. attendants are like, hey, don't go falling you're, and breaking your hip. Right. We can't come and help you if yeah, you're yeah. You know, lost in... And he goes, okay, I will. Yeah. And later you realize he's not worried about it because right. he's like, I'm very spry. Yeah, I'm, yeah. He's <laughs> 108 years old by the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic, man. I love what? it. Um, so we do like to talk about uh, whether or not it's deemable for family watching mm-hmm. and then our main like gospel lens reading. Yeah. Um, 
family watch because some of the material because it's rated R and there's there's not a lot of like I mean not a ton of profanity but there is still some in there uh, there's some intense sequences because it's death row on, yeah. on the electric chair. Like there's some intense sequences. And there's there. there's some characters specifically <clears throat> that it's not swear words, but the no. bluntness and crassness yeah, with which crass. they talk is so aggressive. Yeah. Um, you you got to be careful with that. Yep. Um, and this isn't even necessarily it definitely not for young kids, but no. like I would even say, hey, if that's just something that you want to stay away from, or mm-hmm. you're like, I it really jars me, then this movie probably isn't for you. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say, like, if if your kids are old enough, this is an incredible movie that mm-hmm. will help you talk about the gravity of death and, and evil in the world, and evil in the world, yep. and <clears throat> what it means to be a John Coffee in the mm-hmm. world that will take the evil into yourself and like protect the innocent right. and put your life on the line for other people. You yeah, know? yeah. I would say mainly because of the content and whether or not you would consider that appropriate in your mm-hmm. own household. I would say 2.5 out of 5, mm-hmm. just to play it safe. Um, if you're older and you might have missed this one uh, in the late 1900s, 1999, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say that sounds so weird. <laughs> the late 1900s. <clears throat> sounds so weird. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you've missed that one and you're, you know, in the boomer generation or, you know, millennial, yeah. I would I would consider it for sure because, yep. I mean, there's so many things to discuss in regards to the, the connections to Jesus yeah. and his ministry. And I, I, I say this about every movie, yeah. um, but especially this one. Uh, say a little prayer before you watch yeah. it. Like, Lord, help me see the goodness in this movie mm-hmm. and help me... Would you, like, show me something new about yourself as I right. watch this? Um, I try and do that yeah, before the theater good. and before most that I'm just like, yeah. Lord, show me. show me more of yourself yep. in the way this director wrote this movie. And, right. You know, give me eyes It's a see, growing so. moment too, man. Like, you just... The consuming nature of that is, like, you're looking for it and that's a form of growth too, like, yeah. in your own personal life with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um so Gospel Lens, you told me before we recorded that you were like, "Yeah, dude, it's a... I think it's five out of it's five. It's five out of five. Like, it's just, yeah. it's so, so good to me. Um, and it's it's not just that there's like one takeaway that's like, oh, this is a clear Christ figure. It's like right. the whole movie is just one after another mm-hmm. of these direct parallels to mm-hmm. Jesus and the gospel and what it means to take evil into yourself and lay your life on the line. And like, yeah. I don't know. So it's I'd easy, say five out of five. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's easy to write this off as like this oddly, like w- you know, a weird tone of like yeah. supernatural. Yeah. As opposed to seeing it with that lens on, right? Like, yeah. Saying, no, there was actually like our the guy we put every all our chips like like Jesus's yep. his ministry reflected yeah. a lot of this activity. So like don't don't think of it as like you know a write off like it's too right. foreign. You know, yeah. like try to think about it on those terms. You know what I'll say. It's a four point nine out of five because 4.9. it's not the actual gospel story, right? Which and is the he five didn't, out of five. <laughs> and he didn't come back to life, right? He didn't come back to life. Yeah. So yeah. sad day, sad day. Um, but let's let's talk about some favorite moments. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I thought about, and I told you this probably a few weeks back. Uh, one of my favorite moments is there's an inmate before uh, we start to learn more about Edward yeah. and Wild Bill. And uh, even John Coffey. I don't know his name, yeah. but he's in there. His role is short. It's not, <clears throat> yes. it's not super long. But it, it's that counseling moment where Paul and uh, Brutal, his... Uh, Arlen Bitterbuck, that's his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, Arlen yeah. Bitterbuck. Um, they go in and, and talk to him for a few minutes, just, you know, and it's right before he's about to ride the lightning. And um, he talks about his best time in life with mm-hmm. them. And I don't know... A, what it is about that moment, but even as a young kid, I remember being really 
moved by that. Yeah. And that this man who's on death row and you know he's battling something within, um, and you don't know what he did. They don't talk mm-hmm. about it. Uh, but he's he's saying like some of my best times were like I had a young wife and we spent some time in the mountains mm-hmm. and we laid by the firelight mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we enjoyed each other and that was my best time and I was like man that is incredible yeah like something at, as at simple the end as of that. his life he feels <clears throat> the gravity of the simple moments yep it's like that was heaven on earth yeah and I didn't even realize it that and he's talking about rewinding he's like can I could we just rewind and go back yeah you know? it spoke such high volumes and it, it yeah. taught me a lot of lessons and just once I was you know reaching that point in my life where I could, you know, just say, hey, this seems simple right now, mm-hmm. but it's a big deal, and we're making yeah. lasting memories in life, and that's, yeah. a, that's a big one. Uh, one of my <clears throat> favorite quotes is uh, shortly after um, one of the first prisoners is executed, mm-hmm. um, like, tied for the worst character in oh, the movie yeah. Percy. is Percy. <clears throat> He's one of the Percy guards Wetmore. there. Yeah, and uh, right after they execute someone, he's kind of mocking the body of this prisoner. Oh, saying, yeah. And write us a letter and tell yeah. if, tell us if uh, hell is hot enough. Yeah, yeah. You're and like, one of the guards like grabs him by his shirt collar and pushes him against the wall, and he says, you cut that out. He's paid what he owed, mm-hmm. and he's square with the house again. And just that idea that even, even in a secular world, there's this idea that death wipes the slate clean. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, it, it makes you think of Jesus. It's yeah. like, man, his death was so powerful that it, wipe, it wipes the slate clean for anyone that would believe in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's beautiful. I love that. There's a funny moment that I think of just because Sam Rockwell's character, Wild Dude. Bill, is so unhinged. He, uh, <laughs> it's and, terrible. Yeah. We used to quote this at the Ugh. dinner. We used to quote this at the dinner table when we were growing up because Sam Rockwell, his characters, <laughs> watching uh, anytime someone came into the prison and was like, you know, giving a prisoner, like, here's some cornbread or here's like a sip of soda or whatever yeah, it might yeah. be. He was always just up in everybody's business. And so he walks up to the end Press of the cell, his face presses his face bars. against the bars, and he goes, Hey, I'm going to get some too, ain't I? Hey, hey, I'm going to get some too, ain't I? And so me and my brothers would say that almost all the time at dinner. Just, just, I'm going to get some too, ain't I? Some too, ain't I? Especially if, you know, if one of the offerings at dinner was running low, we were like, Hey, yeah, chill, I'm going to get some too, ain't I? But I love that. Uh, <clears throat> it's not even a quote, but it's, was just a really beautiful moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, they asked John Coffey at the end, like... Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, like, is there any meal you want? And mm-hmm. he's like, well, I'd kind of like this. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, is there anything we can do to help you? Because they felt so guilty. They're like, we're about to kill a guy that we know is innocent. Yeah. And then they're like, there's got to be something we can do. And he mm-hmm. goes, well, I've never seen a Flicker show. A Flicker. Which yeah. is, you know, a movie. He's never seen a movie. Yeah. And so it's just, as a movie lover, oh, yeah. really beautiful that the, one of the last things he wanted to do before he dies was go see a movie. I love it, too, because there's, like, not a whole lot of concept of time. And you know these guys are up all mm-hmm. the time. Oh, yeah. Like, it just seems like, I mean, when they go visit that other woman to heal her with mm-hmm. John, it's like 2.30 in the morning, yeah. 3 in the morning. They're working all the time. And I laugh, too, in that scene because uh, they queue up the movie. And yeah. the guy that's, like, running the test run for the Green Mile, <laughs> yeah. his back, he's running the reel, and he's just yawning. Because like, you know they're all just exhausted. Yeah. But John's sitting there, and he's just he's, he's like, taking it in. magical. And he's loving it. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a great moment. Um, well, guys, we enjoyed this one. I love yeah. this movie, and I highly recommend it. We both highly recommend it. Um, and we love storytelling, uh, as, you know, if you haven't guessed it by now. <laughs> um, we're three seasons into this uh, podcast and these episodes are really special. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to talk about the value of stories, and uh, we're not pretending that we're doing anything new. We're just joining in on a lot of fun discussions revolving around Christ mm-hmm. <clears throat> and how His ministry is reflective within the content that we consume. Um, 
And uh, here's what's so great about stories is that we're all part of one and we all have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're interested in sharing your story, we love, love hearing from you in regards to that component of, of this, this piece of the ministry. Um, so you can go, and even in the description of this episode, you can go to uh, fellowshipgreenwell.org forward slash share my story. That link will be in this uh, description of this episode. Um, it's just a quick sharing process. There's a few questions, um, and you get to share that with others. And we know that sensitivity and vulnerability, they go along with sharing, but we also know that transparency uh, is just welcome. And mm-hmm. uh, we welcome your story as we're all a part of God's story of hope and redemption for his people. Um, and talking about these life change moments connects us and makes us feel more like family, just like watching movies does. It mm-hmm. can make us feel like family. It's delightful. What a great time. Well, thanks for listening, guys. If, you're, if you stuck around, uh, be, well be, done. be on the lookout yeah. for some more content coming soon. Mm-hmm. See you all later. Right, see you guys. The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church, head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week, and we'll see you next time.